24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you with the support of Essentia Health. I'm your host, Peter Graves, and thank you so very much for being with us. Our guest for this episode is Nell Rojas, who is still technically the defending champion at Grandma's Marathon after her 2019 win. Now, if you recall, she ran uh, with a time of 228.06 in what was just her second ever marathon. She also has qualified for the 2020 U.S. Olympic trials. And Nell Rojas, who joins us in Boulder, Colorado, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. We have a lot of ground to cover. And of course, we'll talk about grandmas. But uh, uh, let me uh, kind of begin at, at the beginning. Um, and uh, my guess is, because my first question is, how did you get into this, which might appear obvious in that uh, uh, your dad, uh, Rick Rojas, a uh, very acclaimed uh, running uh, legend, uh, took part in two Olympic trials, a pair of Pan Am games, uh, and uh, ranked uh, uh, top five in high school milers in 1970 and uh, amongst the top 10 road racers in the United States from 77 till 1981 by track and field news. So that may seem like an obvious question, but uh, I'm guessing and illuminate for us, your dad got you into this. Yeah, my dad definitely got me into running. Um, I think it was, it's, you know, it's a, I have two older brothers and it's a family. We all run, um, whether competitively or recreationally. Um, and you know, I kind of grew up with my dad coaching. And so I I didn't really grow up running, actually. I never, like, ran seriously until high school. But um, I grew up, like, playing on the pole vault pits and the jumping pits and watching people run and just enjoying being around the sport. And uh, your dad is a, is a very charismatic guy. Uh, I could tell from uh, when we met at Grandma's, um, how hugely supportive uh, he was of you, and and uh, it's it's interesting uh, whether it's father son, father daughter, mother the same thing. Uh, what was it like to work with your dad uh, with all the knowledge that he have? Is there uh, uh, it, 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 there must be times when it's it and most of the time probably when it's great sometimes maybe it it's more challenging i don't know what 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 say you on that subject oh yeah there's like a bunch of um things going on when your parent coaches you um i was just talking to one of my athletes about this yesterday because she was doing a workout and it was super windy out just like literally the hour that we were on the track and i was coaching her and i was like oh if I was in your position and my dad was coaching me and it was like windy like this, I would blame it on my dad, tell him it was a stupid workout and then leave. 
<laughs> but, you know, I was like, that's only because it's my dad. Um, so, you know, there's like a lot of like lines being crossed because I also, we also coach um, a high school group together. So we're like coworkers and he's my dad and he's my coach. Um, so it, yeah, for the most part, it's great. And he definitely has my best um, interest at heart. And he definitely, you know, believes in me and goes, you know, to lengths uh, to support me. Um, but, you know, it, it, he, he coached me doing triathlons, you know, maybe five or six years ago. And, you know, triathlons are a whole, a whole different ball game. Um, you're just like always in the hole, you know, you're so tired, you're exhausted, you're overtrained. Um, and, you know, it's hard to work with anyone when you're in that um, state. And so there was a period where, you know, everything kind of blew up between us because it was just, you know, our relationship was so close. And so we ended up not talking for a long time after that, um, maybe like almost a year. And, um, you know, and then obviously we, we started talking again. We started working together again. He started coaching me again. Um, so you know, I think I'm older, I'm in a better spot, I'm a little bit, I have a more balanced life. So it, it works well, you know, I get to put my input in about like how I feel about my training, he definitely puts his input in. Um, and it's, it's actually hard to learn from a parent because they can tell you things over and over again. And he would tell me these things and, and you really have to learn for yourself most life lessons or running lessons. And so th throughout my career, I have these like, oh, that's why he's doing this moments or, oh, okay, I get it, you know? And so I just keep on having those, even though he's tried to teach me these things in the past. Yeah, that must have been a very challenging time when you weren't speaking. It would be for me. Oh, it was, it was hard, but um, I think our relationship is stronger because of it. Yeah. The one thing that you've already sort of uh, implied, and given that Grandma's was just your second marathon, would you call yourself uh, a, a, a kind of late bloomer when it came to running? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my first marathon, I was, what, 31 or 30? Um and, you know, I, I honestly, like, I kind of did it to get to see if I could do an Ironman to get back into triathlons. And um, I kind of was at a place where I needed to focus on my career so I could make money and plan for the future. And it was kind of like, okay, let's jump in this half marathon in Denver, the rock and roll to train for your first marathon, which was CIM. And, you know, that ended up going well and gave me some confidence going in. And then, yeah, CIM was national championships, which I ended up finishing seventh. Um, and so it was kind of like, oh, whoa, like this could actually like this could actually like be a thing if I was like seriously training. Um, and so. So, yeah, I don't know if it's that I had never tried the longer distances before and I just like that's where I excel or that my body was ready at that point. So, And um, you were interested in doing triathlons at a pretty serious level, weren't you? Yeah, I was a professional. I had my 
pro card um, for a couple years. Um, and I was doing like Olympic distance because there was there was actually money in Olympic distance at that time. And then they took all the money away. And um, that's actually when I stopped. And my guess is it, it it's near impossible to balance because triathlon training, of course, takes so much time. You know, if you're doing it at the elite level, it's it's more than a full time job. Uh, and, and then everybody needs recovery. But uh, there is there's not a great balance between being an elite triathlete and being an elite marathon runner. They're two very different things. Why don't you uh, talk about that? Yeah, I mean, if you're, I, I sometimes I still like you know follow some professional triathletes on Instagram. And I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I ha- almost have like PTSD from how hard, like how, how much volume you have to do and how I felt and how depleted I was. And I think, I think now if I were to go back to doing triathlons, I would do it differently. Um, but it, it, there, you only have so much energy in a day and, you know, mental energy. And so, you finish, you know, your day's training, and then you you have to go work, um, unless, you know, you have money from your family or sponsors, which I think is, you know, you'd have to get a lot of sponsors for what you're doing. Um, so that's like, it's hard, it's hard. And I, I really like commend the, the girls that are still training back and, still from when we were training back then. Um, so yeah, I think doing marathons is, is totally manageable. It's still, I spend a lot of time a day, but it's way more manageable. I can work and um, be healthy. Uh, and did you, did you do a, a Kona Ironman? No, I've never done an Ironman. And I think I would, I think, you know, it's in the back of my mind, but, um, Oh my gosh, the bike. I mean, you just have to be on the bike for so long. Yeah. What Does it go without saying that running was your best uh, event of the three? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I was actually a, a decent cyclist. Um, after I spent a little bit of time in the saddle, I, I could produce a lot of power. But uh, I'd say running is is where I could gap most of the girls. And Boulder, of course, is is well known for the cycling community. Did you did you train with uh, any of the road cyclists there? I didn't train with too many, no. Um, I mean, I did train with some good ones with Neil Henderson's group, who's like a very famous cycling coach. Um, but they're mainly like triathletes who I trained with. And you also uh, went uh, to college at Northern Arizona uh, in Flagstaff. Tell me what your running career was like at, uh, at Northern Arizona. I was really lucky to go there. Um, my dad kind of uh, suggested it and was like, hey, let's go look at NAU because, uh, you know, graduating from high school, it's so overwhelming. Um, I didn't, I wasn't like the best runner out of high school. I was, I was decent, but like not, no one was like heavily recruiting me or anything. So I walked on to NAU um, and it happened to be like a really good fit for me because I improved immediately. I got a lot of opportunities. I got to race uh, nationals my freshman year. I got to, you know, travel to all these big races, and um, so it ended up being perfect for 
for a place for me to grow. Um, because I was like, you know, my first year I was, you know, seventh on the team, sixth or seventh. And my second year, I just kept on getting faster and faster. And then I kept on like earning more scholarship. And by the time I was um, a senior, I was almost on full scholarship and like one of the best runners on the team. So for me, I really developed well there. And you won a Big Sky Conference uh, 3,000 meter steeplechase uh, three times, and I believe uh, once for the uh, 5,000 meter, right? Yeah, the indoor, the indoor 5K. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, I had a great time. <laughs> so one of the things, you know, at Grandma's every year at the press conference, and they're always some of the elite runners that are training, you know, in places like uh, Santa Fe or Flagstaff. Uh, of course, you're training it at a, some altitude there. Explain to me, uh, because you know it well, what the training environment is like, what makes it so good in Flag? Well, I think it actually, you know, Flagstaff has all, there used to be an Olympic training center there um, that went away. Uh, and it's always been you know, a great place for um, endurance athletes to train. When I was there as a collegiate runner, you know, I don't think there was quite as many, you know, professional athletes there. I remember there was a couple like McMillan running group was there. Um, but now it's like, oh my gosh, there's like everyone's over there. I think it's really grown as a town. Um, but really, I think it's a really cool place to train because a it's less expensive than Boulder. So you can get away with not making as much money being, you know, a professional runner. Um, and B it's at 7,000 feet. So you get the elevation um, benefits, but then you drive down to Sedona, it's a half an hour away and you can get some speed work in. Um, and then you drive down, two hours to Phoenix and you can get even better speed work in. And, you know, if it's snowing up in Flagstaff, it's going to not be snowing probably in Sedona and it's going to be warm in Phoenix. And I think there were quite a few Kenyans uh, living around there too, weren't there now? There were a couple when I, when I was there, I remember Lagat was there for a while. Um, the black cactus was there for a while. And I think he still is up there a lot. Yeah. So you're progressing, you're progressing, you get to 2019, for example, um, uh, you won the race that your dad, Rick won 40 years earlier, uh, which was the inaugural, uh, Boulder Boulder. In fact, he beat, beat Frank Shorter to do that. And, uh, you come up, uh, with a victory there and, um, and then you go to grandma's and you win again. And obviously you're processing an awful lot of, of data and awareness and, uh, that sort of thing. What was your mindset like, uh, when these results started to really turn for you? Yeah, I think, you know, that has a, a lot of times you'll see runners or athletes like go on these streaks and it's, you know, running and any athletic endeavor is a lot. It's very mental. And so once you realize that you belong where you are, and once you realize you can actually do this and you can 
run with these women or run with these competitors that you never thought you could, it opens up a whole new door. Um, so like, yeah, Boulder, Boulder, after that race, um, I was like, oh, wow, like, I didn't actually think I could do it. I can do that. Well, I can, I can win grandmas, you know, or I can, after grandmas, after I won grandmas, I was like, wow, like, I have, I was like seated, you know, very high in the um, Olympic trial, going into the Olympic trials. And so it's just like, it opens, it opens up doors for sure. And you put yourself in places that you wouldn't put yourself had you not had these um, little like confidence boosts. And and so I, I'm kind of wondering uh, when you're so new to marathoning, I, I understand you're not, not new to running and that you grew up in an athletic culture, but did you sense particularly when you got to grandma's, uh, uh, like, I'm still pretty new at this game. I'm not sure I know it all. And then you end up running an average of 540 per mile, finishing at grandma's with a time of 228.06. Uh, what's, uh, what's that aspect like when uh, uh, you're so new to the marathon scene? I mean, definitely like after my first marathon, um, it went CIM in 2019. It went or eighteen. It went so smoothly that um, I was like, "Oh, like I have a huge, um, like I can improve a lot because you know, I was. It was just very smooth for me. Um, and then, yeah, still, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let me tweak. Let me tweak a couple things. Let me like figure out how to do nutrition and pace this." Um, and then going into grandma's and, you know, I, I really just follow people. Um, so just like, okay, let's watch what she's doing. Um, and then let's do that. <laughs> um, and you know, I got a lot of, um, advice, especially going into grandma's and going into the trials. And so I kind of just pieced things together and, and yeah, I'm excited for more opportunities to, to really dial it in. Do you recall looking back what either your dad may have told you about running grandmas or, or maybe other women or, or, or men for that matter? Do you, do you recall what they said about, about, it's understandable learning about nutrition, but my guess is you knew a lot about that to begin with, but did they talk about pacing and tactics? I remember my dad is like very dog conservative finish hard like he is like mr conservative like he wanted me to jog my first marathon he's like just jog it just jog it just jog it um and so i you know i'd asked kind of people who had done grandmas before and like hey you know and almost everyone is like well last year i ran it and i um blacked out at mile 20 or like i really bonked at mile 20 and so i'm, I'm here i'm like oh my gosh like i'm gonna die at mile 20 you know um and so for me, that was just like a sign to be like, okay, I'm going to try to hold back a little bit so I don't die at mile 20. Um, and I think most people's advice was just like, yeah, chill until mile 20. And there you, uh, there you come into Canal Park uh, with the victory. And um, uh, how sweet was that win in Duluth? Oh, my gosh. It was... Um, I, I guess I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize how, like, well 
I ran. Um, but it was, it was like surprising. It was very surreal. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I had, I was like, you know, it's always really sentimental because my dad and I do this together and we put a lot of our hearts into it. So it has like a family, you know, value to it as well. And he was right there at the, at the finish line. And, and uh, indeed you, I would say you're a very strong finisher because you were holding nothing back, emptying the tank as you uh, came down that finish line shoot. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Of all, since you've had so much exposure to endurance sports, uh, what do you think right now appeals to you most? What do you think is the discipline that perhaps is best suited for you? Is it the marathon you're discovering? Uh, yeah, I think it's the marathon. I think, you know, even after my first one, it just like everything clicked it was like, it's definitely my race distance. And then you went to Atlanta to the Olympic trials, uh, where you were ninth in 2020, uh, went out with a lead pack, uh, ninth place is of course, uh, very, very good. And, uh, uh what were your recollection, recollections, uh, looking back on that race? I was ecstatic. I was like, wow, like top 10, that's awesome, you know, and it is, it's really good. Um, but as like the days went on and I thought about all the things that I could have done better and how like, I actually do think I belonged up there more. Um, I kind of was a little bit, you know, more disappointed, but you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I mean, it, I'm still learning so much every rate, every marathon that I do, that was my third marathon. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately in that marathon, I learned the lesson of bonking and not taking in enough calories, which I, I unfortunately didn't learn in my first two marathons because my first two marathons were, I would say perfect. Like I, I executed well, I paced well, I ate well, I drank well. Um, but you know, I think, I was nervous. I, I didn't prepare new, for my nutrition well enough as I should have. And of course, uh, everybody, uh, or most everybody, some people are just happy to get to the trials. But when you, when you run a race that's ninth place in the Olympic trials, that's pretty darn good. Um, does that mean you obviously had uh, Olympic dreams going into that race? I did. It's, it's like confusing to say if I actually thought I could make it or not. <laughs> um, I think it was more like I was trying to think I could make it, but um, you know, there's so many amazing runner girls that um, it's hard to be like, yeah, I can definitely be top three. Um, so I would have, yes, I was trying to make the team. Um, and I think, I will be in a better position the next go around. And uh, I'm not entirely clear, but you uh, ended up with some sort of stress-related uh, injury, uh, right? I don't know if it happened. I don't think it happened right at the trials, but it happened over time. Uh, was that something that was uh, uh, really forced you to 
to stop and take some time off? I would say it should have, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, I have a labral tear that was kind of like making, um, I didn't know it was there and, and it was like making my pelvic, pelvic muscles compensate. And so I have an athlete's hernia. Um, so I, I did have to back off after the trials and it was hard because of COVID. So I wasn't seeing like a PT or I wasn't, I couldn't see anyone. So, um, I was doing like easy mileage and I've had like a bunch of, I've been to like a bunch of doctors and PTs and finally it's like, you know, even these last couple of weeks, it's almost been like a year, but, um, I'm like back to training almost a hundred percent and feeling really good. You know, right now, uh, you're still running, but you're also a business owner, Rojas racing in Boulder. I want to talk about your, uh, your current plans for things, but let's talk about your, your business. So you're doing a lot, you and your dad and maybe others are doing a lot of, of coaching for, uh, uh, high school age kind of talent in the Boulder area or around the country. For some reason. And I think because my dad, um, has really, um, can't really coach, um, in, uh, like distance high school runners because, um, he is such like, a low mileage and he's such like a big picture long-term kind of guy that he won't let these kids like overwork or overrun and a lot of these like high school runners and high school parents want their kids to go all out you know and so he he sees their you know he has their future in mind so basically he can't coach endurance high school kids because it just doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. That's very articulately said uh, because his mindset is different, right? Yeah, because he's learned and he's seen these people and he's seen these high school kids not be successful because they're burnt out by the time they're 18. And how many people have we seen, uh, you know, and this includes a lot of cross-country skiers that uh, I worked with uh, back in the day. I mean. If a little is good, a lot has got to be better. It, it, it's sort of the common thing. And, you know, you're just, uh, I think in the uh, 70s and 80s, we were dealing uh, hugely with uh, chronic overtraining, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because we didn't know any better. It's hard to hold people back. And I yeah. get it. I, yeah. You know, I'm a runner. I get it. It's hard to not go 150%. And, and, and most of these high school runners and parents, they don't really understand that, um, which is, which is okay. But, you know, I think one of like the worst things to happen to a high school freshman girl is that she wins a race, (laughs) you know, and, and not really, but it like, I've seen so many high school girls have success as a freshman and totally just freak out mentally and they can't handle the pressure from that they put on themselves or their parents or whoever. And it just like ruins their whole, their whole career um, when they could have gradually gotten better and, you know, thought about, okay, well, I want to, I want to run in college, but not only do I want to run in college, like I want to make an Olympic team. So I'm not thinking about this state cross country meet. I'm thinking about, the you know four eight twenty years in the future. That's hard to do when you're sixteen, you're fifteen or sixteen. You know. 
Yes, exactly. It is really hard. And, and, um, I, I try to help as much as I can, but, um, you know, you can only do so much. You can only, you have to learn those lessons for yourself. And, and Nell, are you uh, working with both men and women or are you working with girls and women? Um, I'm working with men and women. Yeah. Um, and so actually what I was trying to say is we coach, um, mainly sprinters now, <laughs> um, because yeah, it's just a, it's a, a, it's a, obviously sprinters have a whole different mindset and my, my dad just does a lot better with, um, with sprinters and he's had, we've had a lot of success. We have like one of the fastest, um, sprinters in the nation right now. And we have a group of, um, kids that are super elite and, um, really fun to work with. With all the experience you've gathered in in so many different areas of your life what do you think is one or two of the gifts you bring to coaching you know i think the one of the most important ones is that um i'm a very healthy strong female athlete that has had some success um and so i think without even um, having to explain this to these young females, I think they can see me and see my success and how I look and how my, you know, good relationship with food, good relationship with running, positive outlook, and kind of um, use that as um, hopefully inspiration and motivation to do the same. Well, I mean, those are those are brilliant things that are, are much, much needed. Uh, so uh, you're 33 now, now, uh, and um, uh, ha- coaching is can last for years and years from now. Do you and this now will swing back to your current status as a as a, uh, a runner Um uh, what are your attitudes about staying with this for a few more years, running some more marathons and attempting to win them? Uh, wh- where are you at now with your training and your mindset? I mean, I'm all in. I, I, I mean, my number one goal right now is just looking at 2024 um, marathon trials. Um, I'd love to make that Olympic team. I think you know, that gives me enough time to learn, to kind of grow as a marathoner. Um, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's, it is obviously it's hard. I'm not sponsored. Um, I don't, you know, I'm a people are funny because they're like, Oh, you're a professional runner. I'm like, yeah, I'm a professional runner. That makes zero money <laughs> from being a professional runner. Um, but I'm, I'm in a really good position because I can coach and run at the same time. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And now, so tell me a little bit uh, as we close in on Tokyo, and many people are wondering, of course, uh, if the games will be held this summer. Uh, they were canceled uh, last summer, uh, but uh, by all indications, the organizing committee and the IOC have said uh, all systems go. Um, with that as a preface, let me ask you first, uh, before we maybe talk more about running at the Olympics, how do you assess the current status of uh, elite level U.S. women's running in the U.S.? 
I think we are definitely getting stronger, um, as you can see with some of these performances like Sarah Hall. Um, and I think we have a lot of potential to grow as a country. Um, I think if you look at like the top 200 marathoners in the world, I don't think, I mean, I think there might, I don't even know if there's one US runner on there, to be honest with you. Um, so I think, I think we have room to grow, but obviously there's some amazing women that um, can do very well. Let me ask you your uh, personal observations on this COVID pandemic. It's, it's affected everybody. It's been uh, an enormous tragedy. Uh, far too many lives have lost. How have you uh, navigated this? Because uh, I know for a lot of athletes, it has been exceptionally hard. I, for me, because I was injured this past year, it was um, less hard because I wasn't like, I wasn't like roaring to race. I was like, like my races came that like I was going to run Boston when it got pushed back. Um, I was going to run the Boulder Boulder. Um, and these races came and I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank God that they were canceled because there's no way I would have been able to run that, you know? So for me, it was less hard in that aspect. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of like my level or whatever elite um, athletes are like inherently motivated um, and don't have as much, as much prob um, trouble, like, being motivated without races. At least that's how I am. And that's how I know a lot of my um, friends are. As you look at the marathons that may lay ahead in the next couple of years, what do you have on your punch list? What are you looking for? Oh man. Well, I, 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 I haven't done any of the major marathons. So um, hopefully, you know, I'll get to check a couple of those off my list. Boston, New York, that sort of thing. Right. I was going to run New York, of course, got canceled. Um, I would love to run one of those. I'd love to come back to grandma's, run a fast time. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I've been two years the reigning champ. Um, got lucky there. So you, you see yourself going through at least 2024 right now, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would love to go through even the next cycle as well. I, I would be 40. Um, which, I mean, I look at these women that are performing amazingly at 40. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, that's, my plan is to be in it for the next eight years. On to a little bit of sort of esoterica now. I mean, uh, you're a very good runner. You grew up with the sport. What do you most like about running? There's so, there's so many aspects about running. Um, I like being able to push myself and to see like how good I can get and how far I can go. Um, and I, I like mainly train alone, um, which I enjoy. I, I'm, a, I'm like a, definitely like an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. Um, but I like pushing myself and I like working hard. I like, um, the challenge. I love challenges. Um, and then, you know, it, I never thought I was like, I needed a sense of community or like but that's because I've always like been so deep in a community. And so I realized like that is like so important about it. And it brings me, you know, a lot of um, 
purpose. Yeah, and I would think, given that that your your dad is is such a famous man um, in running, uh, that um, you grew up in a culture that probably transcended um, the sport. It, 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 there was a big part of it. You had, I'm guessing, uh, lots of pretty interesting people over for dinner. You were hanging out with them, that kind of stuff. And I, I think that part of it is also extremely rewarding. It's pretty cool, like the um, opportunities that I've I've had and the people that I've met. You know, like, I mean, if, like, my dad gets together with, you know, some of his old, you know, friends, running friends from the 80s, it's like, all, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember when, you know, Salazar hit, tried to come to Boulder to train, but we didn't train hard enough for him. Um, so he had to leave. Um, and then, you know, the other day, for example, like my dad showed me this letter that he got from Pre, and Pre had handwritten a letter to him. And it was like so cool because it talks about like the history of running. It was like, it was like saying like, hey, Rick, I want you to come to Oregon. Um, I know that like, I think it was Kansas is um, wants you to go there, but Jim Ryan is their only guy and his coach is training him to death. And, you know, it had this whole, it was, I mean, things like that are just so cool about how I grew up and it's really like rich in the history of running. Yeah. So other than your dad, perhaps, um, tell me somebody else who, um, may have been so influential in your running career. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, Joni Benoit or, or somebody uh, from a certain era that um, you connected with as, a, as sort of a role model or whatever. Yeah, I think there was, there was many that like at different times in my life, I think um, like as a female like runner role model, I think my first one would be like Melody Fairchild, who obviously was like, you know, insanely fast as a high school runner and, and also fast as a collegiate and master's runner. But she was one of my assistant coaches in Boulder growing up. And um, I always looked up to her. I thought it was really cool that I had an opportunity to run with her and to learn from her. Um, and then, you know, as I, as I, grew in the sport um i'd always looked up to des linden who i think is like an awesome um role model and person um because i'm i'm more about the person like i could care less really about how fast they are as long you know because i i one of my fears actually is like being a good runner and not having anyone care because all i do is run by myself and that's all i care about you know <laughs> So I really respect the women who, um, who I can relate to and who, you know, do a good job about doing things for the community. Well, I mean, you've given us such a, such a wonderful insight I I into your being athletically and otherwise. And, um, you know, it just, uh, delightful to talk to you. And finally, I, I just want to ask you because quite often people that have never been to grandma's before, um, they're surprised of the energy. Uh, it isn't a huge city. Uh, it's certainly not like L.A. or New York or Chicago. Uh, but the energy to me is something 
very, very special. How did you feel, how did you assimilate the crowd and the cheering uh, in Duluth? Oh my gosh, it was like, I mean, it was it was definitely surreal, um, especially being my second marathon. I was like, whoa, like I, I honestly felt like I was like winning Boston. You know, I felt like, and everyone was so into the race, the whole, it was like a whole city kind of deal or a whole town kind of deal. Um, and all of the events surrounding it were, were made it even that much better and that much sweeter. And um, even like everyone associated with the race was so awesome. Like I would a hundred percent so far favorite marathon. Oh, good. Well, we're happy to hear that. And uh, uh, thank you for spending the time with us. It's been delightful, Nell. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's fun. Well, that's it for this week. The Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you with the support of Essentia Health. New episodes will come out the second Wednesday of each month. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends. Thanks again to this week's guest, Neil Rojas. Grandma's Marathon is proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and ASICS. Run fast, run far, and have fun, everybody. I'm Peter Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month when we talk again.